You are now tuned in to the Conversations with Christ podcast. This is Cortez. And this is Cassie. And this podcast is meant to discuss everyday topics from the perspective of a Christian couple. From relationships to prayer, we'll explore how faith guides our journey, aiming to offer comfort and encouragement to our listeners. Although we are not pastors, counselors, therapists, or life coaches, we hope that you are encouraged and can learn and grow from our experiences, our advice, and our testimonies. We hope that you connect with us on Instagram and TikTok at ConversationsWChrist or on X at ComboswChrist. You can also find us on all podcast streaming platforms. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome back to Conversations with Christ. I'm Cassie. And I am Cortez. And we are sorry for the wait. We are happy to be back. Uh, Obviously not on our honeymoon anymore. It was a wonderful time. But now we are back to business, lock and loaded, getting back to it. And in waiting, we were able to get a little extra ammo for this. uh, Crazy enough, I said ammo. It'll come in later. But uh, (laughs) um, for this podcast episode and uh, I'll give the story first and then it'll kind of tie into our topic. Um, recently, a couple days ago, I was going to the grocery store, just everyday shopping, doing some, picking up a couple small things for the house and getting some snacks too and in grocery shopping, grabbing stuff, get to the snack aisle and I saw a bag of chips that was a little bit larger than I think we needed. So I was like, you know what? Wait till we get to the front, see if they got the little small bags at the front, because it's just for like little cravings and stuff like that. And keep walking through the store, go to the bread aisle, which was the last thing I had to get before going to the front. And I, for some reason, could not find the bread that Cassie and I usually get for toast. And I'm like, I know it's here. I know it's like a sale going on right now for it, but they said it was plenty in stock. So I don't know why I can't find it. And I sat there for like two or three minutes, like, I don't know what to do. I'm not trying to go to another store. And as I'm thinking that, someone comes around the corner and recognizes me. He's like, oh, hey, what's going on? And I was like, oh, who are you? And he was like, oh, I recognize you from the men's group. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all coming back to me. So he starts talking to me. He's like, man, I'm sorry. I haven't been there in a little while. I'm like, hey, it's, I understand. Like, things happen. Life comes up. But he starts to go into detail about these different things that he's been battling with and struggling with in his personal life and and his family life and a bunch of different things going on. And I'm listening to him. And as he's talking, he says something that really stood out to me. And it actually gave me chills when he said it, but he was like, and it all started when I really got on fire for God. And I felt like when I started evangelizing and trying to go out and getting people to come to Christ, And the moment he said that, I was like, I know exactly where this story is going and I know how this story is going to end. So because of like what we said with how when we tried to propose and when we were close to getting married, like all these things started going wrong. I don't even know if we said it, but I had lost my voice right before the wedding. And the enemy really tries to work hard when you're about to do something big. So in him saying that, I'm like, all right, I know exactly what's going on. This is the enemy same old tricks. I know what to tell him to kind of help him and get him through what he's going through. So he continues to talk and I'm listening about all of the different things that he's going through. And I just so happen to look down for whatever reason. And in front of me is sitting the exact bag of chips that I wanted to get the perfect size, everything untucked, like perfect. 
sitting in the cookie aisle. And I'm like, God put this here for me. And I just started smiling. Probably had the biggest smile on my face in the midst of him telling me this, which he probably thought was a little weird, but was crazy to me that God told me that this is exactly where I needed to be. And then he put a stamp on it by when the guy left and I kind of gave him my words of encouragement. We're standing right behind, right behind where he was, was the exact bread that we were looking for. And it was on sale. So I grabbed that and I was like, God is truly not only showing me that I was in the right place, but that he gave me the tools to work out that situation. And it was just confirmation that I handled everything right and that he put me there on purpose. So in all of that, we kind of want to elaborate a little bit more because we talked about it in a couple of different episodes, but haven't really got into what it is. So we want to talk about what is spiritual warfare? What does the Bible say about it? What do we say about it? And kind of just what science says about it, we found through looking through this and hearing at our church. So uh, I wanted to start with the definition of spiritual warfare, which is the act of fighting against Satan when he tries to keep us from God's calling. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So when we are pursuing Christ, he tries to accomplish all of those things. Though encountering spiritual warfare is difficult, God uses it to grow us even closer to him. And that's that bottom line of it is exactly what I was sharing with him. Like, it's only an opportunity for you to get closer to God and something amazing is going to be on the other side. So that's kind of what spiritual warfare is. If you've never heard of it before, or if you heard us mention and you were like, what are they talking about? And kind of just went with it. That's a little bit of a breakdown for it. And we'll get more in deep with it throughout the episode. Yeah. And just... um yeah, basically what um, Cortez said in the, as far as the definition of what spiritual warfare is, um, the enemy tries to come and kill, steal, and destroy. And that's honestly like who his character is. His agenda is to um, basically keep you from fulfilling your purpose. Um, before we are put in our mother's womb, before our parents even think of us or... Um, before even our parents know of us, um, God created us and he created us with a purpose. Um, so the enemy knows this and the purpose is always to, everybody has a different purpose, but I feel that the main, one of the main purposes that we all have in common is to lift God and to, um, you know, praise God, to worship God and to lift him up. Um, so the enemy will try to take that away from you because along with that comes with so many blessings that God will give you during that process of completing that purpose. And also to, you know, reach the goal, like the end goal, which is to be with God, you know, mm -hmm. for eternity in the end in heaven. So um, the enemy tries to use different tactics, to use different worldly things that have been put on this earth to keep you from doing those things. And that can show up in different in many ways. Um, for one, Satan, the enemy, the devil, he is not omnipresent. Mm -hmm. So he can't be at one place at many places at once. Um, we need to remember that God is God. God created Satan. Um, Satan was a, an angel before he was Satan. Um, he is a fallen angel. Um, and so think of it the way that I like to think of it is angels don't have the same power God has because God mm -hmm. created everything. 
So he doesn't have the same power. Although at times when we're going through really challenging times, trials, trials, it can feel like the enemy is so strong um, that you can't get out of the things that you're in. But God is way stronger and God can pull you out of anything. Um, so it's important yeah, to know who the enemy is and to understand that he is not powerful. He bows down to our God. Mm-hmm. He has to. And so do his demons and any followers that he has, mm-hmm. they bow down to our God. So it's good to also remember that and stand on it and be strong. And when you have encounters um, with, you know, the enemy, <coughs> excuse me, or his demons, like remember that they bow down to God. And um yeah, one of the ways that um, the enemy uses um, things is by using cycles. Because like I said, he can't be in many places at once. So he'll use cycles um, that you've dealt with in the past or your family has dealt with in the past, generational trauma. Mm-hmm. So like if you are if you deal with addiction, um, he'll use addiction um, to keep you in this cycle, in this trance that you're like, never like it almost seems that you're never going to be able to get out of some like get out of this addiction and we'll use that to ruin relationships around you to ruin um your relationship with god to ruin your basically ruin your life to where you're unable to get away from this addiction so then you're you're ruining your finances and you're you know out here like homeless or just various different situations that can come from addiction um the enemy will use that um, and then once, you know, once someone can be, you know, become sober, it can, he can use that to then try to bring you back to that. So like try to tempt you with the thing that you were addicted with, um, and try to, um, bring you back to that life to lose so that you lose your per like your path to your purpose. Um, he can use mental health mm-hmm. as a, um, also as a tactic to um, throw you off your path, um, anxiety, depression, um, he can use that to try to give you um, anxiety about your future, anxiety about your past and where you came from, um, to make you worried. And then oftentimes um, that can lead to just different, um, what is it, like, just making you doubt yourself and doubt God. And then um, it can cause just for you to be worried all the time, to never be joyful or happy. And unfortunately, it leads to a lot of suicides. Um, And it's happening more and more, and especially in our young community. Um, But it can, the the enemy will use these things. And I feel that the enemy strongly works on people that have really, really big purpose, like a huge purpose or like Mm -hmm. will have a huge impact on the world. I think the enemy knows that and will work really, really hard to try to keep people from completing that. Yeah, I think some other ways that like I've seen spiritual wars show up, not only in myself, but in people around me is through like, I don't know the best way to put it, but through like, I think pride would be the best way like to put it. Like self-praise? Self-praise or just like a sense of pride that you know best. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, like when you're hearing, like if you go to church or if you're listening to a podcast or you're doing something and um, you hear something about like um, sex before marriage and how you shouldn't be doing it. 
and you hear it and you instantly start to tense up and you like go in, go online and try to find some pastor or somebody somewhere that's like, oh no, it's okay. Or try to find somewhere that's giving you like the okay to do it. Like that's a form of spiritual warfare because leaning on your own understanding or trying to go out in the world for something that's being preached so clearly to you. And I've seen ooh, that happen a lot to different people and just like, or leaning on like their own strength more than leaning on God. Like that can be something that the enemy uses that he'll give you a bunch of success to make you think that, oh, like you don't need God anymore. Like that everything that you're doing is on your own power and that like, oh, if you got all this money, you got all this success. You did it all by yourself. You did it all by yourself. So you don't need God. And that's, that's definitely a form of spiritual warfare because that'll have you high and dry. And we literally just saw it today at church where there was a series at our church called At the Movies and they were doing the George Foreman part. Yeah, George Foreman movie. Of, <laughs> you say George I know, because you got me thinking his name is Freeman. The George Foreman movie about how even though he had all that success, when time got hard and he didn't lean on God and he said, um, God didn't, he was saying, there was a quote in it that yeah. he said, God didn't put the food on the table. I did. But then when times got hard and he had his biggest fight against Ali. And God allowed him to lose everything. God allowed him to lose everything. To, so that he can look. To, so God allowed him to lose everything. And then God basically did a whole miracle through him where mm-hmm. he died and had an encounter with God. And he, when he was brought back alive, he had the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, we all have the Holy Spirit, but he could feel the Holy Spirit and could had discernment of the Holy Spirit within him. And he changed his whole life. Mm-hmm. And from there on, like, not to say that he didn't go through challenges. He went through many challenges and trials, but he knew that he could um, then lean on God for better understanding and for, um, for better understanding and his life got way better and was able to become stronger and then won the heavyweight champion as the heavyweight champion as the oldest man ever to have fought in the boxing. So um, it's just amazing what um, God can do for you. But you also, I feel like in talking about that, I mean, leaning on your own understanding, that's another form of spiritual warfare is our own flesh. Yeah. You know, like sometimes it's not the enemy. Sometimes it's just our own flesh, our own flesh has um craves uh, different things that are sinful um and sometimes it can be hard in a battle between our mind and what god wants for us so i think that's a really good also indication of spiritual warfare is our own flesh sometimes it's not even the enemy sometimes it's just you i mean battling with yourself um like getting up in the morning like should i get up in the morning Mm -hmm. should i go to work should i work out you know, it's in the Bible. It talks about taking care of your body and taking care of your mind and not being lazy. So, it's it can be hard sometimes to battle with our own flesh, um, even in like lust, having lust for someone, or um, just different things that your body feels um, that you have to constantly battle against, um, right and wrong. So that's a that's another form of spiritual warfare yeah and just to touch on that two things came to mind with like battling i feel like when people whenever people say battling the flesh they always go directly to lust but i think that can be other emotions too because it can definitely be anger 
Yeah. And I'll give the example of me driving down the street, headed to work, and people saw that the lane was closing, and they just continued <laughs> to drive down and tried to cut people off while we all sitting in line. And I would, the instinct would say, oh, the, de- the devil is working. He making out these people cut us in line and trying to make me late to work and do this. And I had to check my flesh like, hey, calm down. It's good. We're going to get to work. It's going to be fine. But like, you can fill you with spirits of rage. And that's what happened to George Foreman. Yeah. And spirits he was of angry all of the time. Angry all the time. And it got him. I mean, he channeled it. He began to channel it differently. And I guess that was the start. Mm-hmm. A good start was to channel it. Instead of channeling, channeling it and street fighting, he started and bullying. He started channeling towards something productive, but that only got him so far mm-hmm. before thing he things just went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that um, I did want to point out was um, sometimes the enemy might show up as your success um, in the process of fulfilling your purpose or assignment. So you might be on the right path, um, but. Again, once you get on fire for God and once you start heading on that right path and start heading towards fulfilling your purpose, you will notice that like you will there will be attacks. There will be um, sometimes it can seem like a lot of things are going wrong instead of right. Um, But it's also good to um, just be aware that not all good things are from God. Sometimes you'll have a choice to make. Um, For example, recently with me, um, I currently, I was looking, I was currently like dibble-dabbing on like potentially looking for a new job, but I'm not, I don't feel rushed on looking for a new job. I just like a part of me wants to do something else. And um, as soon as I decided to start, like around the same time I started to look, I got a text message from my old boss from my previous job, a previous job that I had. And she started to ask me if I was happy at my current place and if I wanted to come back to my old job. The first thing that I thought when I woke up in the morning after seeing that text was it wasn't I don't think it wasn't even me. I'm not going to take credit for it. It was Holy Spirit because I started to consider it. Um, he said, why would you go to a place where you were so anxious to like leave? Um, to not go into too much detail, the previous job that I had wasn't the healthiest environment. Um, so I, I was looking to leave and I wasn't really happy there. Um, so when I got the opportunity to leave, I like jumped at it and I left. Um, and so yeah, so when Holy Spirit said that to me, I was like, yeah, you're right. And then I kind of just was like, okay, I'm not going back. But then she kept coming back with, oh, like, we're going to pay you way more money. And we're going to give you, like, all of these perks. Like, you know, if you decide to move, like, you can go fully remote. Like, the position now is hybrid. Like, just kind of, like, started. it started to sound, like, really, really good. Like, okay. But the main reason why I was looking to take it was because of the money mm-hmm. it sounded it was more money and I was like oh, all the things that I can do like with this money and I felt like everywhere I turned to I felt like I needed a lot of confirmation 
like someone to tell me you should do it you should take it and I feel like every time like I would get it it still wasn't enough I needed one another one more person to tell me to like look into it and I needed another person to tell me to look I no matter how many times somebody told me to like I should consider it I didn't feel good about it and I really started to ask myself okay why do you want to take this position like why would you go back and the only thing that I could answer was, well, because it's going to pay me more. And like we've recently in church talked about how like following money isn't good because mm-hmm. money is the root of all evil. I mean, it can be good when when you use it God, in a godly way. But when you're just following money only, it's not going to lead you anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, the Holy Spirit kept reminding me, <coughs> excuse me, kept reminding me of that. And I was like, okay, you're right, you're you're right. You know, I'm just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take it. I'm not gonna take it. But something just kept like you should do it. like look into it, look into it. And I spoke to a really close colleague of mine, and I told him about it. And the first thing that came out of his mouth was, "If you're doing it for the money, don't do it." And I was like, okay, like I'm done asking people. He, you know, like this is I already knew that. And him saying that was just like confirming that that job was not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes things can look like success, can look like you're moving up. Like me taking this job, I'm moving up because it's going to pay me more. But that's not always the case. Like sometimes the enemy will try to, will reveal himself as something like a God bless, you know, a God God's blessing. He'll reveal himself as maybe, you know, he heard you praying or like, you know, heard you like talking and like, and it's like, oh, like, I just want more. I need, I could use more money or something like that. And, you know, then we'll use that and try to make it seem like it's God blessing you with something, but it's really him trying to curve you away from your purpose and like the path that you're supposed to be on. Um, so it's really good to, there's a few things that you can do, like to know, like one of the things I prayed a lot on it, I asked God to reveal to me if it was for me I asked Holy Spirit to work in through me to make me feel um let me know like give me peace if that was the one for me that was the job if I was supposed to go back and he didn't he didn't give me peace (laughs) it didn't feel it didn't feel good to me like the thought of leaving my current job like that gave me unset like I was unsettled with that I did not feel peace about it mm-hmm. um I wasn't excited about it the fact that I needed confirmation and re- like reinforcement from you know outside people like that in itself told me that that wasn't for me um and scripture that can you can look at um that reveals this is second uh, Corinthians uh, 11 verses 14 to 15. And it says, and no wonder for even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. So it's not strange that his ministers also masquerade as ministers of righteousness. So it's just good to know, you know, to pray on things when you're not sure. Ask God. God should be the first person you go, the first that you go to. He knows everything. He knows what's right for you. He created your purpose. He knows what's good for you. God should always be your first mm-hmm. to go to at, if, at, at everything. Use him for everything. I think another thing to do, and it just came to my mind from when I was at man camp is something that we should do whenever we see an opportunity that presents itself to us. I know sometimes if it looks good, we're so quick to just jump on it right away. Take a break, like take a pause and really evaluate because 
that your first instinct might be to do it. Like, let's say you've been praying like, oh man, this is the example that they use, so I'm not going to take credit for it. But like, if I've been praying for a long time, like, God, please send me a wife, please send me a wife. Then I see somebody at the gym that is looking like super nice, super whatever, and my eyes are really caught by them. And I'm like, that's got to be the one. Well, take a break. Like, what really caught your attention? Like, do you feel like God was telling you that's your person, or was that lust, mm-hmm. or was that something, or was that greed, mm-hmm. or was that something else that caught your interest and you're trying to pursue that instead mm-hmm. of what you were actually praying for? So be mm-hmm. careful not to jump on something so quick just because it looks like an opportunity, or somebody just comes up to you. Yeah. Don't be so quick to say, you know what, this is the one I'm. I'm just yeah. go ahead and jump on. Like, still have your boundaries. Still know that like. Take time to evaluate to see if this is what God has for me. Yeah, and pray on it. Definitely pray Prayer on it. Prayer is power. I will, yeah, pray on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, another example of something that I wanted to share of kind of how to deal with being like under spiritual warfare or when you feel like you're under attack. I think the first thing that you should do is like recognize that you are under spiritual attack and that just being beating down on yourself or thinking that it's your own fault or thinking that it's something that you did or that mm-hmm. even that it's something that you could have prevented because it's just basically taking advantage of it and acknowledging where you are be honest and open with yourself be honest and open with the people around you like hey like just like the guy at the grocery store did like i'm struggling with this and like mm-hmm. i'm battling with this and the enemy is really heavy upon me because if you kind of just hold it in and you keep it in and you're going through a depressive state or you're going through um, anxiety or you're feeling self-doubt, if you hold that in, there's no way that you can help it. So if you're not telling someone else or some peer or your counselor or your therapist, tell God and be honest with God, be ugly with God. Be like, look, God, I am struggling. I am battling this. I am getting beat down. And he he obviously already knows, but cry to him, scream at him. He can take it. So be open and honest about where you are and that'll just getting that off of your chest will allow you to feel a lot better bring you peace and when you're doing when you're doing those things when you're crying to god and sharing with god he's with you and jesus is with you right next to you um comforting you you might not be able to see it but you might feel a you know relieved after you might feel a sense of peace that's how you know that god is there yeah. And, and when I say be open and honest about it, I do want to be clear that that doesn't mean that you have to be accepted or be be accepting of your situation or be complacent of it. So 100%. I want to say, like, just because you're in a depressive state or if you're in a depressive area or you're you're in going through a depressive mood doesn't mean that you have to be in depression. Like yeah. you have the power to shift your mindset to be more grateful or to shift your mindset to just because you're going through something or just because you're standing in something or just because you're in a pain you don't have to accept it you don't have to say hey i'm just depressed i'm just a depressive person or i just have a depressing life or just be i just have anxiety anxiety. my my anxiety um i'm just an anxious person it's just like what they you know and we understand that like some things um like there can be chemical imbalances mm-hmm. where your brain just doesn't work um you know like every like most people's and how some people may need like depression medication to help with those chemical imbalances but you also don't want to 
um, curse yourself. Curse yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Curse yourself. Um, it's like they like it, it's scientifically proven that if you off the bat say well i'm not good with remembering names your mm-hmm. brain is going to automatically not going to want to remember people's names so you can't like put your brain is a very powerful organ part of your body if you speak something your brain will automatically start to like work in that way so if you say oh yeah like i said you know oh i'm just someone that i'm not good with names then your brain is automatically going to try to not remember people's names and it's going to be harder for you um, so it's really good to speak positivity. You know, that is is truly a thing, like to speak positivity over yourself, other over other people. Um, because you can definitely curse yourself when you claim things that are negative, claiming anxiety, claiming depression. You know, instead of saying, I'm depressed, I have depression, I'm never gonna, I know this is just who I am. No, say, I'm going to overcome this. This is just the, you know, season of my life. Like I will overcome this. Um, there's going to be a point in time where I'm not going to be depressed, where I'm not going to be anxious. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really good to speak positivity over yourself and don't allow others or even or mostly yourself, because I feel like we can be our biggest critics. Don't allow um, yourself to speak negative over you. Yeah. Or other things like <coughs> it could allow you to speak negatively over other people. And I think that's another uh, spiritual warfare that the enemy uses is trauma and mm-hmm. things that have hurt you in the past that he'll remind you of it or bring you of it and you'll just say hey I don't accept this or I don't like people who were like this or I don't like or you had church hurt and you're like I'm never gonna go to church again yeah. but I'm sure that or any church again I don't want to do church anymore because they were being this type of way or yeah. being this this I don't this, trust, I don't trust pastors I had a pastor who cheated with somebody or blah 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 yeah. whatever what have you but the same thing could be said. I'm sure everyone out there has had a bad job or had a bad boss that just wrote them off. And you didn't say, you know what? This boss wrote me off. I'm never going to work again. Yeah. I hate jobs. They, jobs are evil. I, I just can't trust jobs. I'm not going to work no more. That's no, a good point. That would be crazy if everybody, if, if every time you got hurt by someone, sure then I got in a car accident. I'm never going to drive a car again. Yeah. I'm, sure. I'm never going to ride in any form of transportation again. No, like we are so quick to forgive jobs or forgives things like that that the enemy will try to say oh because you were hurt at this church or because this christian wrote you off or said something that affected you he'll use that trauma to get you never in a church again or to never read your bible again or anytime somebody mentions god or mentions christ it'll just make you tense up and he will use that trauma to continuously try to keep you off your path of what you could be doing or what you could be on with god Mm -hmm. so yeah and i just 